The Boiler Upload podcasts are brought to you by Martin Vintage, a local shop in Lafayette selling custom vintage Purdue gear. Purdue football finally got around to adding one of the best vintage mascot logos to their helmets. All of the Purdue faithful were excited to see the old golden black run onto the field, donning Purdue Pete on their helmets for the Florida Atlantic game. Martin Vintage wants its customers to be able to own a piece of this monumental event in Boilermaker football gear. Make sure to head over to martinvintage.com and grab yours before they're gone. Welcome everybody to the emergency edition of the Boiler Upload podcast. And we did not expect to have episode 5 so soon, but Jeff Brom just had to go and leave us. And like a jilted girlfriend, we are here to talk about it. With me tonight is Jace Jellison. How are you doing, Jace? I'm doing well. It's been a crazy day. <laughs> and also with us tonight, first time guest on the podcast, but uh, I am employing him as a writer, is Kyle Holderfield. How you doing, Kyle? Uh, first time caller, long time listener. Uh, glad to be here. A little bit of a crazy day, like uh, Jace said, like you hit on. Um, I think we expected it, but didn't expect it so fast. I think I expected it to go move pretty quickly here. And oh, by the way, Casey is not here with us tonight, so he is on assignment uh, covering that basketball thing. Like that's important. But uh, yeah, I I think I was with you. I expected something by the end of the week. I was not expecting him to be out recruiting last night and signing a contract this morning. I mean, we've rightfully seen some recruits pretty upset about that, haven't you guys? Yeah, and I. I don't blame him because on, on Monday at the presser, he said, yeah, I, I was out recruiting last night. I plan to go recruiting today. And then you see him 12 hours before he signs a contract, which you have to think between those 12 hours, he had it signed already, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's out recruiting guys and then he just leaves them and doesn't really give them a heads up, sends them a, a little message today about it. They have the right to be upset. So do you think that helps Purdue to retain them? Or, I mean, if they're that upset, I don't think they're going to flip to Louisville here at the last minute, would they? Absolutely. And I think I think you see that a lot with, with these college coaches and, and them moving jobs. And I know Wisconsin's had, had a few few guys leave, but of all, the, of all the schools that have gone through coaching changes, none of them have been absolutely gutted by the portal, really. If you go and look, like in the Big Ten – Um, There has been a few schools that have like close to 10 and obviously we're only what 24 hours in, but at least right now they're not going to jump ship. Now that could change when they bring in a new coach and, and get to talk to them a little bit. But I think it it plays to Purdue's advantage that, that Brown kind of just up and left and and didn't have that proper send off that, that they might appreciate. What do you think, Kyle? What have you seen with the portal and kind of what are you hearing? I'm, I'm kind of on board there with what Jace has to say. Uh, you know, I think it, it kind of helps us. And like he said, a couple of recruits did kind of seem appalled by it a little bit that he was in their house, you know, 12 hours beforehand, 14 hours beforehand. Yeah. You know, I don't really know what I'm doing. You know, um, the one that came to mind was I think um, the tight end I, journal mm-hmm. courier might've published something on the tight end for Mount Vernon, George Burheen. Um And, and, you know, it might, it might help us. And, you know, you'd expect kind of maybe a lot of guys jumping into the portal when they see their head coach leaving, and we haven't really seen that today. Um, and I'm not sure if there's a huge process behind that. They have to go to Bobinski now or whatnot um, 
to put their intent in, but uh, we haven't seen that, and maybe we'll see more tomorrow. Um, but National Signing Day is two weeks from today, so uh, we need to get this process moving, get a guy in here, I think, just in my opinion. I agree because Purdue, they have a decent recruiting class, at least by Purdue standards, and that is one of the things that Brom was able to do consistently is he got Purdue out of that cycle of being in the 50s, the 60s, even 70s rankings under Hope and Hazel. He's had a couple that were, I think he had at least one that was top 25. Most of them have been about 30. This one's at 33, according to Rivals rankings right now. And again, that's not, you know, stellar, but it's significantly better from where Purdue was. Uh, Purdue currently ranks sixth in the Big Ten uh, with this recruiting class behind Ohio State, Penn State, Iowa, Michigan, and strangely enough, Northwestern. Uh, but we're not battling for last place, and that is that is a very good spot to be, and I think that's why holding on to this class and getting them signed is critical. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I'm, that's why I think that – I think Mike Bobinski knows that. I think, you know, he, he's going to get this going if he already hasn't got it going. You know, it is flight-aware season, um, as we've talked <laughs> about already, uh, which is some of the most exciting times uh, to, to check that every so often, see what's going on, and – no, uh, Mr. Robinski knows that. I'm sure he's getting it rolling, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's something by next Monday, you know, because um, you got to be quick on these things, or all of a sudden your your option A goes to option D pretty quick. Um, other jobs are going to come open in the next couple of days. That's just, you know, the beauty of the beast, and um, got to get rolling to keep this class together. And it's a lot of Indiana kids um, in this class that maybe have Purdue background or Purdue ties, or they just love the university as a whole. Um, you don't want them to jump ship by any means and you know with the transfer portal nowadays too with the new coach um he can flip a roster pretty quick regardless if uh you know players leave or go or whatnot um you know we're kind of seeing that with colorado right now with Dion, right um he'll, he'll be he's gonna flip that <laughs> roster on its head in a week um so i'm not saying we're gonna do that but it could happen if we needed it to happen i guess and that, yeah, that's right? what he yeah go ahead jace I think it'll be interesting to see. Now, I haven't I haven't talked to enough guys to really have a feel for this, but I'll be interested to see the assistant coaches, the position group coaches, like an O line coach, uh, running backs coach like Barclay or, or whoever. If they leave, how many of those recruits leave, or if they stay, how many of them stay? Because a lot of times, yes, Brom's Brom's present, but the guy that's recruiting you is your position coach. So that that'll be key to see how many of how many of Purdue's current assistant coaches Brom can pluck and, and bring down him bring down there to um, to Louisville with him. Yeah, because that is another key element. Is this this is so different from the last time Purdue was looking for a coach when Hazel was gone? That you knew that was going to be completely cleaning house. I mean, I think at the time the only one that I really wanted to hang on to was Marcus Freeman, and look at him now. He's head coach at Notre Dame. Whereas now you do have some quality assistance there. I know Mark Hagan is pretty much, mm-hmm. we want him to stay as much as possible, especially as a lead recruiter and keeping that continuity will help not only recruiting, not only with the portal, but just in getting things to next year. Yeah. I, I think, I think Mark Hagan is the guy, you know, if there's going to be somebody that stays back and it's kind of negotiated into, Hey, you're going to be the next head coach of Purdue, but you're going to inherit this guy. I think he's the guy that might be in that role, but everybody else, man, I, 
coaches bring their own rock, their own coaches with them. You know what I'm saying? Like they're going to have their own running back coach. They're going to have their quarterbacks coach. And it kind of is what it is, I guess. But um, if there's one person, you know, Mark Hagan's kind of an outlier on coach Brom's staff. Um, the offensive staff has basically been with them the entire time he's been at Purdue. So I think those guys are probably on their way to Louisville with them. They probably got a foot out the door and they're just going to wait until this bowl game gets going. Um, the defense staff, you, you know, you never know. Ron English, again, I guess is kind of an outlier to an extent, but he is, is a defensive coordinator. Um, and while he was up and down this year, he did a decent job. Obviously, we won eight games. Um, but if there's one guy that maybe Mike Bobensky tries to keep on is, hey, Mark Hagan is here. He's a great recruiter. He's from Carmel. You know, he's he is a native to the state. And uh, I, I think he's probably the most important piece from the Brom staff um, in terms of assistant coaches that I would love to stay, uh, see stick around. Excuse me. Yeah. But uh, I was I was going to go to Jace here and say you've been kind of talking to some of the players. You've been in contact with them. You've been in contact with some of the recruits. Kind of what are you hearing about the attitude of just kind of keeping the team together and everything else? Yeah, so one recruit I talked to, he said that the general consensus of the guys, um, they have like a group chat or whatever, um, they, they talk in. The general consensus is that they all want to be Boilermakers. They all want to stick to their pledge and, and stay committed to Purdue, but obviously things change. Um, like I mentioned just a few minutes ago, if, if their position coach goes down to Louisville and they offer them a spot, they might get up and leave too. And I don't blame them for for getting recruited by a guy for three years and then that person goes to a new spot. Yeah, you're probably going to follow them if they give you an opportunity. So, um, But yeah, like I said, a lot of the guys are, are sticking to their plan and and want to go to Purdue. So that's uh, that's their plan as of right now. And it, you got almost a unique carousel here because Louisville has their own guys that they're trying to keep right now, and they already lost a five-star today. Um, and then obviously there's probably some guys that want to follow Satterfield to Cincinnati. There's probably some guys that want to follow Fickle from Cincinnati to Wisconsin. So, I mean, what are we going to do here? Is this going to end up being a four-team trade if we end up getting uh, Jim Leonard or something? <laughs> Hey, you know what? If Jim Leonard wants to come to West Lafayette, I'll take him with open arms, man. But, uh, yeah, I could see there's going to be a lot of moving pieces, probably players from, you know, West Lafayette to Louisville, Louisville players of Cincinnati. I see some Cincinnati guys head up to Wisconsin, you know. Um, you know, you can make this a pretty big loop, I'm sure. Some way we can get on Google Maps and help the players out, send them down I-65 and 65 over to <laughs> Cincinnati get, and just make it easier for everybody. But, uh, yeah, I think there's going to be some moving pieces. I mean, that's just, again, we're in a different era. When Braun was hired in 2016, it was it was harder to flip a roster, right? You had to recruit and you had to get your guys. And if you got a transfer, they had to sit out a year. Now it's like – Again, I said it five minutes ago, you can flip a roster from the transfer portal in a week or two. Um, and, I mean, it's kind of the, the beast that is college football right now, love it or hate it. It's the era that we're in, and who knows how long it's going to last. But if guys go with them, um, that that stinks because I, I hate seeing young guys leave, especially if they've invested their time into Purdue. But there's other guys that are willing to come, I'm sure, and, and, and help out with whomever is our next football coach. Now, do you guys think that they may have helped Purdue here 
almost a little bit just making the conference championship game. So they were outside of that original fray of guys getting fired, guys switching, or do you think that hurt in the long run? I think it'll help. I think it'll help. Cause I mean, someone like Jeff Brom only leaves if you have success and other people, other coaches see that success. It, I, I think it also helps that producing the big 10 with all the money flowing in the two super quote unquote super conferences, with the Big Ten and the SEC, and that's going to play to produce advantage and and getting up on that on that uh, bigger stage against Michigan the other day, I think it only helps them. I don't, I don't, I don't see how it would hurt them at all. How about you, Kyle? Where do you kind of see uh, things being from here, in, in terms of uh, just you know just where we are, honestly. Really, I, I I'm kind of surprised there hasn't been. I mean, there's been a lot of jobs open. There's been some movement, but it hasn't been like crazy movement. You know, like the biggest hire was like Hugh Freeze to, from Liberty to Auburn, basically. I, I mean, uh, there's a lot of really great candidates out there. I think being in the Big Ten Championship obviously helped. Um, you know, uh, give us some more exposure, uh, even though it was a loss. Um, but I. I Firmly believe that Mike Bobinski already had a list. I mean, he said that in 2018 when we barely hung on to Brom that year. You know, <laughs> he's like, I'm, yeah, I, I, someone I can't remember who it was. Someone asked him. He's like, yeah, you know, I always have a running list. You have to. It's like if you don't have a list of guys you're interested in, just in case your coach retires or leaves, you're not you're not doing your job. Um, and I'm sure he's contacted coordinators and head coaches and all things like that. Um, to me, Purdue's in a unique spot, like Jay said, you know, in 2024, we're going to be one of two super conferences, basically, in my opinion, 30, 32 of the best jobs in college football. Um, you're going to have unlimited funding, basically, um, to do what you want and to hire who you want. And you're going to have a bigger pool for assistance. I think it's a pretty attractive job. It's much different when Brom, than when Brom took it in 2016. It was a bottom 10 job right after hazel it was a disaster <laughs> and, and 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 now it's a you know yeah six seven eight win maybe nine on a great year um program that has funding has the big 10 network um has a conference that's obviously willing to expand um in my opinion it's a really attractive job and there's no reason why not to get a really good candidate to be our next head football coach it also helps that right now there's only one other power five position open mm-hmm. and that's Stanford. I, I forget who, what all was open when we went after Brom. I know one of them was Minnesota. Uh, I think, uh, I think like Syracuse might've been open. Cause that was like Dino Babers during time. I think North Carolina state was looking at Dave Doran. I'd have to go back and look, but it seemed like there were, we were fighting a lot of people for a lot of guys. Yeah, I think yeah. Dino Babers was on the list either when we were trying to hire uh, Coach Brom or Hazel. I can't remember. They, it's just getting all mixed up to me. But, yeah, we I'm, I remember P.J. Fleck was a hot commodity. Um, Minnesota obviously signed him. And um, I think there's maybe, yeah, like you said, maybe North Carolina State and a couple others. But, yeah, it definitely helps being one of two. I mean, and, again, it's a, and it's a pretty attractive job in my opinion. So. <laughs> I think it would be if you take together all the, all of the openings uh, from this cycle. I think they're right up there. I don't think they're quite to the level that like an Auburn would be. Or I think Wisconsin's probably a better job. But aside from those two, you could put Purdue at three in terms of this cycle's vacancies that have opened. 
it's an interesting spot to be in, especially after the last cycle where we were at, like uh, Kyle mm. said. But uh, okay, it's time to uh, defend your post. Uh, Jace, you put up a list of candidates earlier today, or at least a top 10 potentials. Who's your pick? Uh, who, who would you want of that list? Well, I got flamed on Twitter, which isn't really surprising to me. Like, it's Twitter. That I, happens. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't really care. All the, all those dudes are on – never mind, I'm not going to say nothing bad about them. Um, I do <laughs> I do like Coach Shep. I like the idea of that. I think you would have to have a lot of good assistants come with him just because he hasn't really been in, been in a position where he's one of the lead guys on a staff let alone the top guy on a staff. But I think if Purdue wants – if Mike Babinski wants to keep a lot of the roster intact, that would probably be the way to go. I th- I think you'd be remiss if you didn't at least reach out to Jim Leonard. He left Wisconsin. Um, I think he was kind of – I don't want to say butthurt, but they came and hired Luke Fickle right from underneath him. That was his job. He was going to get the job. And then – And Luke I thought – I honestly thought he was going to get it. I was shocked yeah. that they went after Fickle. I mean, Luke Fickle's a really good coach, so I don't, I don't blame him. Um, mm-hmm. I thought Jim Leonard would get it, and him leaving his alma mater, a school that he's been at for uh, five years, I believe, I mean, I think he'd be a really good candidate too. All right, Kyle, your turn. Who do you want? I I don't mind the idea. Like Jay said, like Shepard's cool. He's from Indiana. He can recruit the Fort Wayne area and things like that. I personally would love to see him back as the as the offensive coordinator. He's still never called a play in a college football game, from what I understand. Out at, he's in Washington, um, similar to the situation at Purdue. Their head coach calls the offense, uh, like Jeff Brom called the offense, while Brian Brom's been the OC, or when he and Shep were co OCs. Um, I personally want somebody with a little bit of head coaching experience. Um, I've told you guys I, I love Chris Kleeman um, from Kansas State. I I know that people are like, oh, that's never going to happen. He's winning games at Kansas State. He's also only making $3.5 million. And all of a sudden, he just had $5.2 million opened up, and it's burning a hole in Mike Bobinski's pocket, right? I mean, If not more. If, if not more, right, exactly. Or or a guy like Dave Clawson or, or Tyson Helton from Western Kentucky. Um, we can make Western Kentucky our, uh, our AAA program, I guess. Um, <laughs> we're using those guys to, to bump people up. But I personally, I would love to see Chris Kleeman. Um, he gets, you know, Kansas State, and I'm, it might be a far-fetched idea, and I don't care. I, I'm, I'm kind of in the mode of let's, let's go hire somebody that's winning lots of football games. They, they play Alabama, I guess, in a few weeks here in a bowl game. And um, – I think he's he won a lot of games in North Dakota State. He's a he's a Midwest native. He's from Iowa. Um, now he's never coached in the state of Indiana, which some people are like, oh, whatever. But um, he's gotten Kansas State really to a national level. You know, they win seven, eight, nine games every single year, and they're a similar recruiting situation to us. How can you develop three stars into a four star level on, of play on Saturdays, or two stars into a three star level? Uh, to win football games and you got to be creative and you got to be tough nosed. And he had a quarterback change in the middle of this year and he did great with it. Um, changed the scheme completely. Uh, and I, I think I would love Chris Kleeman. Um, if I had option B would probably be Dave Clawson from uh, Wake Forest, excuse me. Um, Tyson Helton from Western Kentucky also makes sense because he loves to throw the football and Purdue has been throwing the football since, Joe Tiller, um, even though Daryl Hazel tried to ruin that. So, 
Well, and, there, and with Wake Forest and Clawson, you got the possibility of getting Lambert back too, and mm-hmm. that helps with your staff continuity. There's guys on the roster that knew Lambert, so. Uh, as far as my pick, I am. I'm going to go outside the box. I, I think I want to go after the guy at UTSA. Give me Jeff Trailer. Um, this is a guy that has been very, very successful the last two seasons. He's turned a program at Texas San Antonio that didn't even exist 20 years ago, and he's had him in the top 25 the last two years. They play a fun brand of offense. They play hard. They've only lost four games in the last two seasons, one of them in triple overtime. They played Texas pretty well this year, and they went to Illinois last year for their season opener and beat the Illini in Champaign. So they have some success against Power 5 programs, and I think that his would be a move. It seems like he's really built something that's a little more sustaining as opposed to when Purdue went after Daryl Hazel. It's kind of like Hazel just caught lightning in a bottle for one year. Yes, it's nearly miraculous to take Kent State to almost a BCS Bowl. But as we saw, that was just kind of a one-year thing. Whereas we're seeing what Trailer's done here, and he this is his third season at UTSA, and they've gone from 7-5 and five to 12-2, and two, and now they're 11-2. and two. They've won consecutive conference championships. They've been in the top 25. And I... I I think that'd be a great pick. Also, you've got Texas recruiting roads then. Everything, you know, it's it's hard to recruit Texas, but if you've got some ties, that's a great place to at least get something. And I know that sounds like Danny Hope trying to get the Florida leftovers, but <laughs> it's at least a start. It's at least a place to go. So uh, that, that would be my pick, would be him. Yeah, the one that's kind of caught some steam too is Pat Narduzzi from, from Pitt, who's – I mean, he's kind of in a similar position to Clawson. He's he's had that pit program at that that eight nine. They had eleven wins last year, obviously with Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison, who are two two generational type talents um, out of the college ranks. I think I think he would be I think he would be a good fit at Purdue as well because he kind of embraces that that hard nosed mentality that that Purdue's tried to maintain. I know Jeff Brown was was flashy with his offense and, and that's not Pat Narduzzi's game, but not at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I still think Pat Narduzzi could, could be a good fit at Purdue as well. I like Narduzzi a lot. I, I know like, uh, you know, we always want to hire a coach that throws the ball 60, 70 times a game. Narduzzi, I mean, is literally known for his like aggressive cover four, four, three defense that people try to mimic all over the country. Um, it might be a change of pace for people, but, he, he would be – I mean, he would be good, and that would be an opportunity where, okay, who's his offense coordinator? Who can he get in? Um, I, again, I, I anybody with some head coaching experience or is a power five head football coach, I don't think should be out of the realm. You know, like I'm cool with the UTSA guy. Um, I personally think he'll stick around until a bigger Texas job opens up down there because he's just been in Texas his whole life. Um, but if, if somebody – um, you know, from a power five school wants, wants to p- become the next football coach at Purdue. That would be, I don't, I don't think it's out of the realm. I don't think we need to relegate ourselves to someone from the Sun Belt or the Mac or something like that. Like we're, we're not that program anymore. Um, and we're not in that position where we're going to be one of the, again, 32 super conference teams between the SEC and the big 10. Um, 
or big 16, whatever you want to call us in 2024. <laughs> uh, I, I, we have the means, um, the facilities have improved drastically and they're going to continue to get better. Um, and Mike Bobinski has shown that he is committed to making football awesome for, for Purdue. And I, I think he'll, I think he'll keep going with that. I, I agree. That, yeah. yeah, go ahead. I think another guy, to, I think that Purdue could pluck basically anybody from the ACC, um, obviously with, with, a, with a few guys crossed off the list, like a, like a Mac Brown or a Mario Cristobal or, or I don't or want people. Cristobal. He sucks. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't <laughs> watch his coming. entire season this year. He I sucked. didn't say he was coming. <laughs> but like the, the, like a Dabo Sweeney or guys like that. But, if there's a if there's a team that's kind of in a similar position to Purdue in the ACC or the Pac-12, I think Purdue could swipe them up easily, or even the Big 12, like like Kyle said with Kleeman. I think Purdue's in that position where they can start plucking guys uh, from Power Five schools, aside from probably the SEC. And I think it'll be interesting to see, just because we're in an interesting spot in the roster right now, too, in that. I kind of felt like Brum's recruiting was building towards last year and this year with the heat because it was his first two really good recruiting classes that have come in, come of age. They've matured into this. And then he dipped slightly in 2019. You have 2020, which was just, yeah, the less said about that, the better, all over the place. But it really felt like he had built to this year. And now you kind of have a fresh slate, but you really don't because there's – there's a lot of a lot to play with on the roster. There's going to be a lot of openings all over the field next year. So anybody who does come in can sell that transfer portal. They can sell playing time. They can go to these freshmen, you know, incoming freshmen that are already committed and be like, hey, you're going to have a chance to play possibly immediately just because there's there's snaps out there. There's playing time available. So that's going to be a big selling point right now. And whoever can come in and balance that and balance it with the returning talent, get the right transfers in and hopefully, hopefully have a successful season next year. You've got a chance to really take off. I think if you can sustain the success that Brahm has has, uh, had here. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. I think, uh, again, we're, we're in a completely different spot than we were six years ago. And I mean, that's a big thank you uh, to Coach Brom, obviously he did a fantastic job, and he if if he turned it down this time, they probably were never going to ask again. Okay, uh, so I mean it just makes sense at this time. He's getting a little bit older. His parents are getting older. His dad obviously um, has always wanted them back in Louisville. Uh, it just the timing made sense. He got Purdue to the pinnacle of the Big Ten, got us to the Big Ten championship. Obviously, we didn't win. Um, he's had top twenty-five recruiting classes. He's broken records. Um, it's, you know, it's, I think it might be time for, for both sides. And I think a lot of Purdue fans are kind of come to that conclusion as well. Excellent. Well, with that in mind, I think we can start to wrap things up here. Uh, didn't want to take too much of everybody's time here, but we definitely wanted to get a pod out. Any final thoughts, Jace, before we get going? Bring Shep home. (laughs) I love that Twitter account too, by the way. Uh, yeah. How about you, Kyle? Any final thoughts before we go? 
no, uh, it's going to be exciting next few days. Hopefully we get someone named pretty quick so we can start figuring out National Signing Day and who's coming and who's going and who our new football coaches are going to be for 2023 and beyond. All right. Well, I, I'm i a lot more excited this time. I trust Babinski. I think I, I agree with you guys that we are in a much better spot than we were six years ago. Um, I'm very thankful that Brom was able to build what he built. Uh, he showed that he can come in. You can come in and have immediate success because winning seven games with that roster and with that program where he found it just in year one was amazing. And the last two years have been a lot of fun and hopefully we get somebody that can sustain that. So uh, with that, we do thank everybody for listening. We, if you're finding us for the first time, we do have a new promo this week uh, to become a subscriber at the site. It's the boiler up 30 promo. You can try us out as a subscriber for free for 30 days and hopefully we'll stay on. We're going to have all kinds of information behind the paywall and on the board. And there's some great discussion on the Depot forum right now, which is our pay board and everything else. So we do appreciate all of our subscribers for staying. And uh, thank you again for listening and boiler up.